So if you're looking for a title for this message, um, the title will be The God Who Keeps His Promises. The God Who Keeps His Promises. For me, so obviously I'm American, so there's a whole long story to how I actually arrived here in Melbourne as a black guy just like randomly popped over from the plane and just like, you know, chocolate guy's here, it's just the most <laughs> random, oh, sweet. But, okay, so what happened was, I'll go into the story because it's actually really good, and this is part of God's promises. So from a young age, I don't actually know why, I can't explain it to you other than Jesus. Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's just, it, it works across the board. But um, literally, I, as a kid, just had this fascination with Australia. I was like, I don't, you know, like, what do you want for Christmas? Australia, mom, you know, it's just like, I don't, it didn't make any sense at all, like it was just like, what? Why? Why does this? Why is he fat? Like, I have a twin brother. He doesn't look like me, but he's a little bit shorter. Um, and he, is, yeah, we would always bounce ideas back and forth off of each other, and like what we dreamt of, like the whole idea of like dream, like how you know, when you grow up, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? And like for me, it was always I want to go and live in Australia, and it was like that was the most random thing that you could actually say. And my preschool teacher's like. There's something wrong with your son. No, just kidding. There's nothing wrong with Australia. I love it. So God's promises. I always had this thing about Australia. And uh, it wasn't until like later on in life, I was like 13 years old, I actually gave my life to Christ. And it was one of those things where, um, you know, I, was, I just, I still felt called to come here. It didn't add up, didn't make sense. But it was like, okay, cool. Later on, um, I went to a Hillsong worship kind of concert. And then I was like, oh. And then I heard about college. And so that was actually what ended up bringing me over here was like to come and study music and all that. So I came um, in 2014 and had the best experience living up in Sydney. Um, but there was like actually between that whole process, it was like, okay, Lord, are you actually calling me to this? Okay, now that I think you've called me to this, how do I actually do this? And it's that whole journey of like walking out his promises. And so one of the verses that actually got me through that time period was um, Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a really good go-to uh, for God's promises. So it says, um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That whole thing shifted my whole perspective. I was like, wait, so God will actually let me talk to him, and he'll listen to what I have to say? He cares about the desires of your heart. He cares about the thoughts that you think. He actually cares about your dreams, and God keeps his promises. Um, for me, coming to Australia was about as random and as like far-fetched a, a possibility as any like as going to the moon without a spaceship. And I would, I would not qualify to be, ever be an astronaut. But it's like it's it's it might as well have been the same thing coming to this place. But I'm here now because it was just because God called me to. It was like it was just random. I was like, oh okay, I think that the Lord has called me to do this. So I know there's, you know, there's probably 30, 40 people in this room. God has called you each to something unique, something different. And one, there's one thing that he's called all of us to, and that's to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love the people around us, to speak hope, to speak life, and then also to believe his promises um, over our lives as well, to agree with him. 
Oh, so in this passage, so in the context of this passage, come on in. In the context of this passage in Jeremiah, he's speaking to the children of Israel. This is really sweet. So he's speaking to people who have been exiled out of their home country, and they've now been removed and gone to Babylonian captivity and gone through Persians and so on and so forth. Anyway, but he's saying, he says, he goes on and he says, um, um, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place which I carried you into exile. So this, um, when I read this passage, I had this thought, and I was like, actually, that's, that's beautiful, because God, like, the children of Israel fell into a pattern of a lifestyle that it was living like, God, I don't want to have anything to do with you. It was like, you know, I know you're there. You love me. You're there for me. This, that's sweet, and I love it, but I don't want anything to do with it. And as a result, that's ultimately let, what led to exile, you know? And I think the, the thought I had around that idea is we as people, we actually can live our lives in exile, even though we're amongst, you know, we're here with people. You know, it's awesome. We have community. We have friendship. But... The question is, the question I have for you guys, is, are you exiling yourselves emotionally? Are you exiling yourselves in your friendships just because of the choices or the thoughts or the way that you're, you're choosing to interact with people? It's just a thought that I had as I was reading this passage because I was like, okay, how does this apply to us today, Lord? How, how um, can you bring us back from the captivities that we experience today? Um, one, of my, one of my mentors, he once said... Uh, God wants you to get where he wants you to go more than you want to get there. I'll say that again because it was actually really good. God wants you to get where he wants you to go more than you want to, want to get there because um, he has a plan. Um, and it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so what we do with our freedom actually matters. There's a passage of scripture I want to actually look at. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so three things, three things that I think we actually need for the journey of faith, for the journey of seeing actually what God would actually, have, like how we actually walk out the promises of God. Three things we need. The first thing I, I believe is to trust in God. And so if you have your Bibles, I'll, I'll invite you to uh, join me. Turn into Mark 11, verse 29. Um, I'll get there soon and I'll read it out, but it'll be sweet. Um, yeah, Mark 11, verse 29, one second. Cool. So this story, I'll explain it a little bit before we go into it. So in this story, um, Jesus is talking to one of the, he's talking to the chief priests. And it, the whole idea around it is, um, it's trust, right? So trust, you trust your friends, you trust your family, you trust your mom, you trust your dad, generally speaking. So the whole idea that, I, I want to convey um, what happens when there is no trust in the conversation. You know, there are some people who are just there who just want to like stir up, you know, a kind of controversy or might just want to debate or might just want to cause a fight. There are always those people. I have plenty in my family. That's why I moved away from America. But um, <laughs> it's true. So in this passage, um, Mark 11, verse 29, this story, it's, it's a conversation that Jesus is having with one of the chief priests who doesn't actually have any 
idea or desire to be a person of faith or build any type of trust with Jesus. So uh, Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Um, answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, um, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. And this is how they replied. They discussed amongst themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, um, they feared the people for everyone held uh, that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Jesus said, neither will I tell you what authority I'm doing these things. So when I read that, it stood out to me because I was like, that's actually a boss response from Jesus. You know, he's like, okay, so you don't want to answer my question honestly and be vulnerable and honest with like saying, actually, you know, yes, I am the son of God because my name is Jesus and this is what happened. This is my lineage, all that stuff. Jesus realized that this person doesn't actually have any desire to have an honest, open conversation or dialogue, right? So I take that as permission for us as believers. We don't have to engage in debates with people. Just love people. Don't debate them. Because half the time, people don't want to actually know what the truth is. They're not necessarily interested in it. For me, this wisdom actually has helped me save a lot of energy and also a lot of friendships. Because, you know, being an African-American person, I'm a little bit more high-strung naturally. So I'm like, okay, Lord, help me dial it back. <laughs> I don't need to talk to these people who don't make any sense anyway. Because he didn't have to. So trust the Lord. It's awesome. Oh. Also, Matthew 7, 7, this, was, um, this is another reason why we actually have to actually trust him. So, Matthew 7, 7 says, um, let's see, yeah, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I think that passage is so beautiful because... Um, who here has ever wanted anything? You can put, yeah, you can. Awesome. Okay. Who here has ever wanted anything from God? Cool. Who here has ever seen or felt that God has actually come through for you, be it comfort or rest or anything like that? You can put, okay, cool. This is the thing that I think is so sweet about God. And this is why, like for me, it's just one of those things where it just works. It's more, for me, I'm like, there's no point in doing something that doesn't work. I'm like, Christianity is awesome because it works. You know what I mean? It's just like the most practical sermon ever. You know, like, God is great because he works. Like he, and he actually listens to me and he actually loves me and he loves the world. And this is the thing that's beautiful about being a Christian is you get to actually spread that love everywhere you go. And people know that you're different. And they, you might even have those conversations like, oh, this person's, oh, there's something different about this guy. Oh, he's just, he's cool. He, you know, he's bubbly or whatever they say. You know, there's all these things that people say about you because you carry Jesus in your heart. And the Jesus that you carry, he is per, he's a person that listens. If you ask, he will respond. And, and, and that's what prayer is all about. Um, let me just look at this because I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay, cool. Second thing. The second thing that you'll need for the journey of walking along the path of God's promises, um, I would say you need to get wisdom. Like, there's nothing actually more valuable than, than wisdom. My, um, from, from my story, when I was 13 years old, 
this was like I grew up in the traditional African American family. You know, my mom and my dad. We went to church every Sunday, and my mom was just like, "Hi, get up, guys. We're going to church. You got to get ready, and it's going to be amazing." And it's all. It always was actually awesome. And African American churches are very, very lively. Um, to say the least, I don't know if you've ever YouTube any videos. Definitely do it. It'll bless you. Um, but it's just you just. It's just part of culture. You just go to church on Sunday, and um, and then you go eat a lot of food afterwards. But um, yeah, when I was thirteen, I realized like, hey, God is actually like, I want to take my relationship with God to the next level. So I just started getting into my Word, like more than anything. I was like, I want to get wisdom. I was like, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste God's time. Like it's like I'm thirteen, but yeah, so what? You know. Let's just, let's get amongst it, get into it. So I started reading through Proverbs, and I would say to any of you guys, read Proverbs, you can read a proverb a day to keep the devil away. It'll be awesome, and, but legit, you'll see wisdom um, just like start knocking on your heart and knocking at your door because um, it actually shifts the way you think about life. Um, yeah, in Proverbs, what was that? Yep. Oh, yeah, Proverbs 24, verse 21, it says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Um, through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Okay, so get the image of MTV Cribs, biblical style. By wisdom, a house is built. Okay, you have the foundations, and then its rooms are filled. Legitimately, like, it's... I find the Bible to be fairly comedic um, in some spots, especially in Proverbs, because things that seem like they'd make, like, make sense to everyone, it's like, but you all know those people who don't actually like live by that. So it's like, oh, nobody would ever do something like that. But the Bible just says it. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, it's like, evildoers are stupid. I'm like, oh, God, did you just say that? You know what I mean? I'm just like, what? It's actually in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, cool. What does all this mean? <laughs> Wisdom builds a house. I feel like, for me, I don't know, everybody's different, and you can be different, and that's cool, because we're all creative, and we're all created differently. But the beautiful thing about God is that he actually... He actually gives us wisdom so that we can live and live under the power of his Holy Spirit. Um, when, I was, when I was a kid... Um, I started pursuing these aspects of wisdom, and I was in this relationship. It always comes back to a relationship, I think, at some point. In high school, I was in a relationship with this girl. And this was the thing. I was very stupid at this point in time because my mom and dad both told me, you're not allowed to date. They're like, you're too young to date. You can't, you can't date. And I was like, okay, cool. Love you guys, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, just secretly I'm going to date. And so we, we started dating, and it didn't, like, it was literally just going to class and going to lunch. There was no, it wasn't, but we were dating, and it was beautiful and magical, whatever. It was overrated. Um, but all that said, like, I started, like, as I was reading this about, like, wisdom and, like, oh, what does it mean to, like, follow Christ and all of that, I realized, I was like, oh, this is actually a bad situation. Like, the girl I was dating, uh, she was cool and everything, but I was just, like, I was like, what am I doing? I'm disobeying my parents. I'm like wasting my time. Like we would literally wait for my mom and dad to go to sleep so we could stay up on the phone at night. And everybody knows you have school in the morning. So I was like, then I wake up sleepy and that's the worst feeling in the world. Anyway, 
I felt like God started speaking to me and like through just through scripture at school and stuff. Um, and I felt like I actually need to give give this relationship to God. I shouldn't be in this relationship. I was probably 15 or so at this point in time and um, was playing basketball and like was like doing all right. You know, it's cool. And so I ended up breaking up with the girl and I didn't say this is what you don't say. Don't say God told me <laughs> to break up with you. I didn't say that because that wisdom piece was just like this just isn't right. It's not working out. Let's just be friends. You know, it was cool. Whatever. Um, she turned into a, a, a Facebook stalker for years down the line. So it was like one of those things where it wasn't the best breakup, but we're over it now because I changed countries. So if that <laughs> happens to you, you can do it too. Just go. No, but it's true. Anyway. Wisdom, right? Got, I got out of that relationship. I kid you not, guys. Within about a week, I got moved up from like junior varsity to varsity basketball and started playing, right? This was literally just like, I think it was because I didn't have any sleep, but also it was just, it was Jesus as well because I was like, I wasn't that good at basketball. But um, got moved up from junior varsity to varsity, started playing, starting on the team, right? At a really competitive level. And this was actually the best part. My acne cleared up. Within a week of breaking up with this, I promise you, breaking up with this girl, my acne cleared up, and I was like, Jesus, you are so good. You know? I was like, God, thank you. Okay, this is the point, right? It's like wisdom builds a house. It's, it's not as complicated as we make it oftentimes. It literally is just like, if God tells you to do something, you probably should do it, just because he's God and he's really good at what he does. Okay, next thing. This is the last point, right? Um, the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit actually is meant to be our friend. Like, like God has, Jesus came and gave us his Holy Spirit, right? And so when you pray, talk to God as you would talk to Shady. Talk to God as you would talk to me. Like, um, we have the opportunity to live in a level of closeness and relationship with God and draw on the resources of all that he has, you know. Why would you do it in your own strength when you could do it in God's strength with him? There, there's nothing that actually is, uh, is worth more than knowing that God sees you and, and knowing that he cares for you. And, it's, and then once you know that, then it goes beyond you. It can't ever stop with you. It, goes, it has to go from this place to the whole world, because the, the whole world needs to know that Jesus is here, he's alive, he's active, and he's present. And um, yeah, I think, I think that what I've seen here tonight, just, like I don't know you guys, and you don't really know me, you know me a little bit more, and I'm, I'm hoping to get to know you better, but I think that um, there's so much potential in this room for what God would do um, in this generation, and I, I, and I believe that um, that you guys are agents for for change in your generation. I believe that you guys are agents for hope in your generation. I believe that uh, you guys have creativity stored up inside of you that, when released, you'll see people say, "What's going on with these? What what what's happening?" You know, and that's the opportunity. Whenever there's a question, that's an opportunity for love to fill the gap. 
And so I just want to speak that into you guys. And I would love to have, actually take some time just to pray and pray over you. And then we'll have a time just to sing. And I'm going to sing a song called Holy Spirit. Um, and we'll just sing together. And if, I don't know if you know the words, but you'll catch, catch on. It's fairly repetitive um, if you don't know the words. But yeah, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much, Father, for your goodness, your mercy, and your kindness. I thank you uh, for the opportunity to come and, um, and speak to these amazing people, um, your people, God. I pray that you would um, pour out your blessing on each of them with such great abundance, God, that uh, the world would take notice. And I pray that uh, each person here would uh, be agents for change uh, in this world, that each person here would... Um, would receive your love, would know that they are loved by you, and uh, that as a result, the world would uh, be transformed by your extravagant and, and overwhelming love. Lord, um, I thank you so much for your grace, and I thank you for the wisdom that empowers us to make good decisions that would follow you. And, um, and I believe that as a result, Lord, many people would come to know you, and that uh, lives would be forever changed, and generations would be forever changed. You name Amen. Cool. Oops. Feel free to stand up if you want. Let us become more aware 
of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Lord, we love you, Jesus. And we thank you for your presence. I thank you for this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.